Hey there, it's Sam with another quick video for you, and today I have a confession to make. I am, in fact, a bad English major, and I will tell you why in just a couple minutes. But um, first, I want to say um, a good writer must always be also a That's why I've been doing these some of these videos. I'm doing book reviews every once in a while, um, and the book I'm reading now um, will tell you why I'm a bad English major. But, um, yeah, the, the, um, trying, trying to read different books, read, read a variety, and um, get a sense of what kinds of things, um, what, what, what kinds of things we can apply to writing from our own, um, from the things we're reading. Sorry for, um, for the stumbling over words and such. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a writer, not a speaker, obviously. Um, but, so my question, my question for you is, what are you reading these days? And two, part two, what can you apply from it to your own writing? Okay, if, if you're also a writer like me, um, what are you reading? What can you apply from it to, to your own writing? I will tell you my answer right now. So, I am, let's see, um, I was an English major. Um, I graduated six years ago with a master's in English, so a two-time English major, really. I'm 31 years old. And it's not until this month, August of 2021, that I've ever read anything in my life by Jane Austen, okay? But I'm now reading um, Sense and Sensibility, okay? So that's why I said I'm a bad English major, because um, this is one of my major blind spots in the realm of literature. I'm sure I have more than just this one, but this is at least one big one. Uh, I hadn't read any Jane Austen until just now. Um, there's a couple reasons for that. I mean, I mean, not, not like I was specifically avoiding Jane Austen, just like... Um, in my undergrad, um, I, I kind of focused on older British literature, like Shakespeare, Chaucer, even took a class in Arthurian legends. Um, in my grad school days, for various reasons, I gravitated toward American, um, just kind of the, the availability of classes and the authors I was interested in, just kind of, that was where my focus ended up being. Um, so I guess you could say British lit post-Shakespeare is one of my weak areas, not that I've read nothing there, but, I've, but I haven't studied it or focused on it too, too much. Um, and, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure when I was younger in college, um, you know, my, my early, early twenties, I'm sure I liked, you know, the Arthurian stories and the Shakespearean stories more than, um, what seemed like, you know, just, just a novel, novel about pre-Victorian romance. I realize now there's more to these books than just, you know, the, the romance plot on the surface, but maybe I didn't fully grasp that picture when I was a little younger. Um, I have read Jane Eyre. Again, I, I, I know they're not the same. They're not the, the same. They're from similar eras. Jane Eyre is a little bit later. They're sometimes compared and contrasted. Um, I wanted to say Victorian um, for this. I, I, I looked it up and realized, um, I guess, Queen Victoria actually didn't, didn't, didn't reign until a little bit later. This book was published in 1811, so it's 210 years old, um, a little before the Victorian era, but still, um, a, I guess, strict... Society, a society that, that by today's standards at least, seems formal and, and rigid and things like that, and she's criticizing and satirizing that. So, um, yeah, so I'm now reading um, my first ever Jane Austen book. I'm about halfway through Sense and Sensibility. I feel like Pride and Prejudice is her most famous one, or most talked about one. Still have never read it in my life, um, the regular version or the zombie version. Um, still hope to at some point. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm liking this one decently. So I don't know if I'll ever read all six or so of her novels, but I'll, I'll try to read, read at least these two major ones in my life. Um, but yeah, um, so I'm halfway through. 
And the other thing to mention is I'm reading um, not just the regular version, but um, this is a, a new edition that came out um, with the guide to reading and reflecting by Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor. Um, if you don't know Dr. Pryor, she's becoming a big name in literary and academic circles these days. Uh, I was actually blessed to be able to study under her in my undergrad and graduate years. And um, I did an interview with her um, and her author work, you know, earlier in one of these live videos, or if you're listening to the podcast later, you can find you can find that episode on the podcast. But um, yeah, so um, I'm reading a, I'm reading, reading a new a new edition with with a, with a with commentary from one of my old professors. That's that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm about halfway through this book right now, and I'm liking it so far. Um, I mean, it's obviously a, a departure from the kinds of things I usually read. I mean, I mean, for you know, for commercial fiction, for light escapist reading, I usually go to a Star Wars book or something. This is obviously very different from that. Um, I'm liking it um, overall. I mean, I mean, I, I, w I wouldn't say I'm like glued to the pages or or or, or anything like that. I, I mean, there are there are times when I when I'm Reading it at night and 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 having having to go to bed or fall asleep. I mean that happens with with any book these days. Now that I'm older and have a one year old, um, but I'm enjoying it enough to keep going. I mean I mean my my goal is to finish. It's it's my goal anytime I read a book, uh, unless it's really really boring or something, which is, I would not say this is. Um, so you know, I'm, I, if if at one point in my life, if when I, if when I was younger, I had had envisioned these books being like stuffy, boring romances. Um, I am finding them to be more than that now, so so that's good. Uh, I'll tell you just in, in, a, in a moment about some things I like about it, and I wouldn't say dislike exactly, but it's things that I feel like are, are not I'm used to these days, or things that might not sell well in today's market. Um, so if you're not familiar with it, with the, pre the premise at all, um, the title "Sense and Sensibility" refers to two different sisters, the main characters in the novel, Eleanor and Mary Ann. They're both characterized by di by different, um, I guess, different personality types sense and sensibility now in our, in our culture today those two words are almost synonyms um being sensible means just oh you, you use sense right um but the commentary has explained and, and others have explained um sensibility back then meant more so like feeling more more like emotion i mean i, I mean um some words some word usage has evolved over time but um this is more of a contrast between sense or reason or logic or rationality and sensibility, which is emotion and feeling. Um, and so that's kind of the major contrast of the two characters. And I'm, I'm sure there's others too, and there's other themes, but that's a big theme of the novel. And I find that interesting. I mean, I've, I've talked before about how um, either just in my own personal life or in some of my own writing, I've tried to contrast those two. Um, I have one character in in my own, um, in my superhero story who basically um, through through the magic of science fiction, becomes able to turn off his own emotions and becomes just a villain or, or just someone fueled by logic and he has um good intentions at first but of course kind of the morality there is um he goes down a dark path um his absence of compassion makes him a makes him turn into a villain or an amoral creature basically and and basically i'm saying don't go that way um so and, and, and just in, in my own introspectiveness and my own, uh, I guess, struggles as an angsty teenager, as an angsty college student, and things like that, um, I've been fascinated by the, by the dichotomy between reason and emotion and how they must and should work together. So the two main characters are largely, um, are, are you know, largely fall into those categories. But I mean, no real person is one hundred percent one way or the other. No, no real person is all rational or all emotional. Um, 
obviously all of us have have some characteristics of both or can act different ways at different times. And I think that's true of this, these characters too, of Eleanor and Marianne. Um, they're realistic characters. So yes, maybe one leans more toward logic, one leans more toward emotion, but it's not like they're 100% that way. I'm um, I'm kind of identifying with Eleanor um, because I, I guess I guess I, I tend to be in my own life a little more on, on the logical, rational side. I'm kind of identifying with her and she's trying to be prim and proper and trying to, you know, not let things get to her in an emotional way. I get that and it's it's reasonable, but but um, I, I'm at a point where she recently had an emotional disappointment, found out some news about um, a man she was interested in and, and wasn't, wasn't news she was happy to hear and she didn't like openly you know go off or explode or cry or anything but um you can tell by the narration and just by how she's reacting that she's not happy about it and she's trying to keep it in um my, my mom has read this before my parents were visiting this past week and she didn't tell me major spoilers but she, she, she told me like toward the end of the novel something happens i don't know what yet because i haven't read it yet um something happens and and eleanor um the the logical one kind of um explodes and is no longer able to hold, hold it all in so if that's what happens, then I think that that is a good, um, I'd say, a good portrayal or, or a good, a good, a good way to show these characters as realistic. Like, yes, she's usually emotional, or she's usually calm and rational, but something, but pushed to her brink, she can explode too. Um, I think it's good to show the multifacetedness there of both characters. Um, so that's been helpful. Um, the author, the, 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 sorry, the, the commentary here by Dr. Pryor did make a point that, like, again, um, no complete person is completely emotional completely rational so kind of melding the two sides together means you have a complete person and so um just the way austin shows those contrasts and shows two different complete people has been interesting to me so far um and so that's one of the main things i've liked about it i think um i also um when i was reading this I, um, it reminded me of, of, of a a story that my wife is writing um we have a writer's group we, we, we both are active in and so my wife has been writing a story, um, and there's a lot of characters in it, but kind of the central characters are two sisters. One is a little more emotional, one is a little more rational, um, generally speaking. And from her own omission, I know that these are at least partially based on my wife and her own sister growing up. Um, my wife is the more emotional one. But um, when I was reading this book, I, I told her, you know, this, this, this reminds me of your characters. And she was like, I was also influenced by Sense and Sensibility. It's like, oh, good. So... I'm just glad I was able to see those connections there, and and um, that that came through with my wife's wedding, and and that um, you know she's dealing with dealing with these topics and themes too, and so um, and, and me now being married to her, um, I can also see this, see this dichotomy. I mean, I'm again, I'm, this is not 100%. This is in general. I tend to be a little more calm and rational, or I try to be at least. And my wife, I wouldn't say she's overly emotional, but just in contrast to me. She's generally the emotional or spontaneous or feeling one. Um, and now just having to navigate that, that contrast among other contrasts in my own personal relationships, including my marriage, um, that's an important part of life, um, important things to work through. And I can, and just see, seeing these characters written out or this, those two types written out in fiction has been interesting to me so far and enjoyable to watch. So I guess I could say the, the, um, the this the character portrayal is realistic and the characters themselves are you know likable and interesting and realistic enough to keep me interested but they're also dealing with some um important themes of humanity I and mean, that's not the only thing i like about it I and mean, there's been some i mean i mean 
I don't I don't always identify with with with, with the teenage girls in the novel. I mean, they're nineteen and sixteen, but um, there's been some you know respectable male characters in there who I'm kind of rooting for. I'm not I'm not sure where their stories are going to go yet. Um, but I, 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 again, I may have heard minor spoilers from people talking about it before, and I mean that's okay because it's two hundred years old. Um, but overall, I'm not sure what's going to happen with each of the characters who ends up with, who ends up with who. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where that goes and and seeing hopefully a happy and peaceful resolution for some of the some of the for 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 the, for the two girls at least and some of those male characters also. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, um, I'll, I'll make some minor. minor I don't even know if criticism is the right word because it's just um, these are the things that are not my style, and I feel like they're not the style of today. Now that's largely because I'm, I'm I'm coming from a different culture um, than you know this this, this is written in. Um, so I mean I will say like the dialogue seems very formal, and again it, it, it is a different culture than I'm than I grew up in or than than anyone alive today grew up in. Um, so it's it's not um, you know it's. It, there are parts that are dialogue heavy and like people have these long conversations about their feelings and and um like eleanor will, will say something like i'm, I'm, I'm just summarizing uh, giving an example of the top of my head but like like oh at first i thought you meant this but i was i was very glad to notice that you actually meant this and i and i, I didn't want to um create the, the false impression of of whatever um just, just these long expeditions about their own feelings and about their own communications which, in one sense, I feel that's not realistic, um, because um, I'm, I'm not sure if they did that more so, actually, in in Britain 200 years ago, um, or if or if that was still the author kind of playing things up. Um, yeah, even then, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if they if they had such formal drawn out conversations about their about their feelings. Maybe they did. Um, I know that culture mostly just from reading about it, so um, I could be wrong. On one sense, me me being a quote-unquote rational person who doesn't always get emotions at first um i feel like that's helpful sometimes i'm like it'll be it'll be, it'll be very helpful in real life if people actually have these long you know patient conversations about what they're actually feeling and could just you know talk face to face like that without you know and, and go into the nuances without um, people getting offended or anything like that um doesn't always happen that way in real life um so i feel like it's not realistic at least not to my culture maybe not to um, real life even 200 years ago, I'm not sure. Um, but it's interesting to me to, to, to see people talking like this, and, and in some ways I feel like it's helpful. But I also feel like this kind of dialogue heaviness um, wouldn't really fly today. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not going to comment on whether it's objectively good or bad writing. That's, that's um, I think it's beyond the scope of this video, but I will say in today's market, um, where they're, they're trying to keep things short and, and trying to keep readers' attention spans, which is frustrating to me too because I'm an overwriter and I'm having to, having to edit my own novel back down. Um, but in today's market, I feel like something like this wouldn't sell well. I guess that's why it's a classic from from years ago. And I'm sure there's a place for like a modern day sense and sensibility, or like some, some some author if they haven't already could write like um, you know modern day versions of these of these teenage girls and, and, and a novel that would explore the same things in today's setting. Um, I'm, I'm sure that's probably something like that has been done, but if it hasn't, I'm sure there's a market for it. It would just be a different, um, different kind of um, kind, kind of writing style for our culture that would, that would have to work. Um, yeah, but but I think um, yeah, sorry, I'm losing my, losing my train of thought. The um, you know the formal stilted style of dialogue again, it's taking me some getting used to. Um, but, uh, you know, like, I kind of expected, again, I, I went into this knowing it, it wasn't going to be 
the same escapist light reading I usually do. It would be me at least at least a little heavier on on the reading effort side. That's okay. It's just you know make, make, making me do more brain exercises to follow it sometimes. Um, I meant to say something about about her satire too. I forgot to say that earlier. Um, Austin uses satire to satirize again. I, before this, I would have said Victorian, but I did some research. It's actually pre-Victorian, um, but to satirize or criticize lightly the culture he's in and some of its values. And this book is funny. Um, it, it's it's again it's funnier than I maybe first realized. I wouldn't say it's laugh out loud funny. Like it's not like I'm. It's not primarily meant as a comedy in the modern sense. Um, it's not like I'm laughing every page, but there have been you know, lines in there, descriptions of people, or just the writer using something, something and I'm like, oh, I get it, like like chuckling things. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Oscar Wilde. I know he, he was a little later than this also, but but he's he's also kind of satirizing and poking fun at, at a similar culture to this one. Um, I've, I've read a little bit of it. I, I know it's a British like, post-Shakespeare wasn't my forte. I've read like two things by Oscar Wilde at least, but... Um, but um, so it reminds me a little bit of that, that kind of style and tone of just witticisms that I mean, not in a mean or mocking way. I mean, satire, if you're familiar, does it hopefully in a lighthearted way, but um, just of these these um, kind of witticisms that poke fun at different values, different kind of cultures and models within this, this time set, um, this, this time period. So that's that's been helpful. Um, that's, that's, that's been fun to read. Um, I was going to say something else and I. Completely forgot what it was, so um, whether that was lost to eternity. Um, but I don't want to keep rambling for three minutes. Um, I'll, I'll I'll wrap this up then if I can't think of what I, what I was going to say. Um, short into the um, short summary, short conclusion is I'm reading Sense and Sensibility. I'm liking it um, so far. I'm, I'm you know, and again, it, it, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like enthralled on every page, but liking it more than maybe I thought I would ten years ago in college. Um, so. Better late than never. Oh, sorry. The thing I was going to mention from a minute ago. Um, side note, but that's that's what you get when you um, when you just do kind of off the top of your head one thing that Dr. Perry mentioned in the commentary um, regarding the jokes was um, no one gets all the jokes. She said. I mean, in, in today's culture, at least, if you're not familiar with everything, every, all their cultural um, values and such, so that day, no one gets all the jokes. But she said it's better to get like ten percent of a good book than hundred percent of a bad one. And I'm like. That's, that's a good point. So um, I'm not. I'm, I'm sure there are things I'm missing. I'm sure there are things I'm not getting. But I'm getting enough of it. I'm enjoying it. And yeah, um, good book. I mean, I, I mean, I, I didn't doubt it was a good book. It's a classic. It's lasted two hundred more, uh, two hundred plus years now. But I'm just not getting into it. But I like it so far. Again, I like, I like it more than I might have thought I would um, ten years ago in college as a, as, as a young man who maybe is not super interested in pre-Victoria romances, but again, there's more to the book than that. Um, so definitely recommend um, this one and, and Dr. Pryor's whole series of, of, um, of reading and reflecting commentaries. I think he has four out now of, of some classics and is coming out with more. Um, so yeah, so the things that apply to my own writing are the character development aspects I already talked about and the themes of, of um, dealing with emotion versus reason and kind of the conflict and and mixture there. So yeah, um, keep writing, keep reading, and I'm, I'm going to cut this short. If you want more content from me, more book reviews, author discussions, um, author interviews, group discussions, things like that, check the Chipper Maker link in the video um, description and sign up for my mailing list there. Until then, I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Happy reading, happy writing. Have a great weekend. Bye.